veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, welcome to Get Out There, Get Known Podcast. I'm Pam Perry. Thank you for joining us again. So today we have a guest that is going to really talk about how to captivate your audience, right? Her name is Sue Fitz. She's a coach specializing in helping entrepreneurs and keynote speakers and authors, which we love, captivate their audiences. And that's one of the things that she's been doing for a long time. I've been following this lady for quite a while, and she is a pro at what she does. So with that, I bring up Sufit. How are you? I'm good. It's actually Sufit. And I Pam asked me before the show, and I said, ask me on the show. And the reason is because people always ask me, and I, I'm reminded of a story when I was on terrestrial radio, like real radio once, and the, the host asked me the same question, how do you pronounce it? And she was saying, too fit. And I said, no, it's too feet, 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 right? Like so feet, she wrote like it down. And then we get on the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And today we have award-winning author, Sue Foot. <laughs> <laughs> so she remembered the feet so, part, but she didn't quite get it right. So yeah, always, yeah, she, uh, she, put, she put both the feet together instead of that. And so it's like, okay, foot, feet, whatever. It's like one of those things. So Sue Feet. So thank you so much for joining us today. So we're going to get right into it because one of the main things I want people to know is that you've been at this for quite a while. So tell us a little bit of your backstory. I know that um, I've been getting your emails for a while. And first of all, I'm going to ask you, like, who does the emails? They are so entertaining, engaging, and fun. Well, and just thank well written. You. Thank you. First of all, who else? Um, duh, of course I do the emails. Thank you. Um so I actually have now about three years worth of those emails uh, wow. and uh, people have been on that list for about 16 years now, some of the same wow. people and they just keep going through. Uh, and, and at the end, I guess Pam will tell you how you can get them as well. So uh, I was a little kid singing on the neighborhood deck and trying to, you know, like even as a kid, I was a performer. Um, I used to perform at local festivals and things like that. And then my parents said they wanted me to do something practical, like be a doctor or a lawyer or worse comes to worse, an accountant or marry one. Um, anyway, I ended up becoming a litigation lawyer, um, 10 years civil litigation lawyer, uh, had four baby girls in four years, boom, 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 boom. One day woke up, had that Peggy Lee moment that, you know, is that all there is moment. So I <laughs> left the law, kept the kids and Good. decided to follow my dream, which was to be a singer, actress, comedian. I ended up on a sitcom for four years on television. I ended up putting out a music TV. What? But then I'm stuck home with these four babies, no car and like a thousand CDs in my basement. They're like, well, what do I do? So I had to get notice i had to get some attention for the tv but i'm house so i started doing it and i started getting newspaper you know articles and i and and then you know once in a blue moon i was let out of the house so i'd go perform at a at a music festival and there would be some big national headliner at the music festival 
um, somebody famous, you know, at least in Canada or in, in North America, and there'd be like 50 unknown singers, songwriter people, and I was one of the 50 unknown people, and then there's this big star, right? And we go to the city, whatever it was, there's a local newspaper, and there'd be a big article about, you know, the star that's internationally known. There'd be a big article about Sufit, and then the 49 other people said, like, who the hell is Sufit? You know, she's one of them. Like, she's what? Who? What? Where? You know? Every city, every town that I went into was exactly big star to see 49 other people like who the hell, you know, who is she? So you learned how to pitch the media. I love I print. learned I how love to tell a story. And what's my story? Litigation, lawyer leaves law for limelight. I mean, in my case, you know, I give them a little alliteration. I threw in, a, you know, mm -hmm. a little whatever. I mean, there was actually a national TV documentary Um Eventually, they did a series, and I was one of the series. And uh, the one thing I don't like to share, but which all the media love, is the struggle, right? Mm, so right. Um, the producer was filming this half an hour television national documentary about me in my house, whatever. And I didn't want. He he, he said to me, "Okay, so you tell me about the challenges, about the struggle." And I well, and I kind of gave him this, you know, not very good one. He turns off the camera pan. He turns off the camera, looks at me and says, Sufi, we need a struggle. So I had to kind of come up with, you know, my version of whatever I'm going to share. So that's one of the keys also. When you pitch to me, you've got to give them, obviously, as you know, and I'm sure your listeners know, you've got to give them an interesting story. And it can't just be a, you know, one-line story. It's got to be a story that starts somewhere and goes. And then, you know, like in the movies where the movie, she breaks up with him. There's the airport chase scene. I mean, you can't have a rom-com without the airport chase scene because you don't have a movie. You know, they meet in scene one, they're happily ever after. That's not a story that the media, whether it's television, radio, uh, podcast, whatever it is. Uh, I like how you tell this. Yeah, yeah, I like how you tell the story about your name because it's spelled differently. And then Sufit, so then you were you give the story about so that people can remember it and that's part of it as well but everything has a story and especially if you're helping keynote speakers and if you're helping entrepreneurs how to really get the media i like the fact that when first of all your name is different so you're pitching this headliner of the music and then you're pitching yourself as well and then you left you were kind no of i didn't pitch the headliner i didn't no the headliner had <laughs> his own headliner had his own publicist mm -hmm. i was my publicist Yes, you were your own publicist. And everybody can be their own publicist, especially today. So was that before the internet or the internet was in its real infancy? It was before, it was before at the beginning. At the, at beginning, the very it beginning. Before. It, it, was, it was kind of around the same time, but it was it was pretty much by phone. And, you know, you say about my name, my name actually means coming there in Hebrew. So one of the articles opened with in a national newspaper, um, her wings flap so quickly that you can't even see them moving to feet, which means hummingbird, but so they tied that in. Um, oh, I love this, that. That yeah. is so cool. That is so that is. I told you about the name before I had that radio show, I didn't have that story, right? So I would tell some other story, right? But then that really happened. And since then, every single post before every single podcast, radio, TV, whatever, they always ask me off the air because they're really good at what they do. How do I pronounce your name? Because they don't want to mispronounce it, right? And I always tell them exactly what I told you. Ask me on the air. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I see that you rebranded yourself from a litigation lawyer 
to a person that was doing actress, singing, music, you know, comedian, all of those different things. And so that's an interesting thing in by itself. So you were doing that enough where you got good at it. And tell us the, one of the things that when you realized, hey, this internet thing is not going away. I'm going to be proficient at this digital marketing thing. You're at home with the kids and you got the computer. And so there is some transferable skills that I would think from the litigation lawyer, obviously, you know, doing the whole entertainment thing about performing and really communicating and connecting with the audience. Tell your our audience, like, what is the main thing that you saw that was the string that pulled everything together for Sue Foot that said, okay, this Sue is Foot? Okay, that's, that's in my brain. Are you serious? So not Sufit, not Sufit, not Sufit, okay, so Sufit, and uh, I'm getting that because my name is Pam, it can't get any more, but I do have a couple of times where people call me, my real name is Pamela, and people want to call me Pamela, and Uh, literally they fight me, especially when I was in Dominican Republic, it's Pamela, I'm like, my mother called me Pamela, can we go with what my mom called me? So anyway, so <laughs> about the string. I remember Pam. <laughs> right. Yeah, Pam is like just basic. Uh, so one of the things that, what is the string that that uh, entrepreneurs, I call them speakerpreneurs, need to have in order to get media attention and captivate their audience? You said it was story, but there's something else special too about you, so, so is that you are good at communicating and in writing. And so the internet was new, but you were writing like you were doing legal stuff. So how did you break it down? Because when I tell you all that her copy is so conversational, if you ever talk to a lawyer, a real lawyer, like in court, they're not talking, (laughs) they're not talking conversational. So tell us about how you did that and what tips you give uh, speakerpreneurs, entrepreneurs? Actually, at that time, the internet wasn't a factor really at all. Not from when I went to be a lawyer. It just wasn't a factor. So I was doing this at the beginning by going to the library, finding out where there were um, newspapers and TV, cutting them out, putting them on little index cards, coming home and phoning these people. And I think one of the things that people are afraid to do nowadays is actually pick up the phone. So if any of you listening actually has the chutzpah to pick up the phone, you are going to cut through. You know, there's 95 million gazillion emails pitches that just never get even opened. And if you pick up the phone and if you can in 30 seconds, look, I've I've taught a four-week course on that 30 seconds and people say why are you spending four whole weeks teaching me to do 30 seconds because if you don't know how to say what you do in 30 seconds you won't know how to say it in 30 minutes either right Mm -hmm. so um and and the other thing is and i think that first of all thank you for all the compliments that you gave me but i think the reason that it works is because of the humor right yes it is that's it the audacity it's because of the breaking the you know the fourth wall or whatever it's like i'm supposed to be professional i'm supposed to sound like you know what happened to me pam when i first started my business people told me about local chambers of commerce and networking meetings i've never heard of it right so i go there to try to get clients because i didn't have any right i go to the networking meeting everybody gets 30 seconds at the microphone they pass it around right for the first six months you know what happened pam 
people told me I was doing it wrong. They said, to, first of all, you need to dress in a suit and, you know, professionally. Secondly, this is how you do your pitch. And they would teach me how to do the pitch. Well, you know what happened? Within about six months of me going to those, they were bringing me onto the stage to teach them how to do the pitch. Like I was completely new in my business, but I had lineups of people waiting to speak to me. Why? Because I broke up all, I broke all the rules. Yes. I used the 30 seconds at the microphone as um, a 30 second show, you know, to make them laugh or, or it wasn't always with humor. Sometimes it was with drama. Sometimes, I mean, you know, Alliteration. you can make an event out of, something so simple. Let me just give you an example. So you're at a networking meeting, okay? So um, Snoozy Snoozerson stands up and says, hi, I'm a financial advisor and for all your financial needs, right? And then Bormy some Morrison stands up and says, I'm a realtor and for all your real estate needs, right? And then it's my turn. Well, what I did occasionally was I didn't stand up right away, right? right. I stayed seated. And maybe I would start talking seated and everybody's looking around and like, why isn't she standing up? And then if I stood up in the middle, but like three quarters of the way through, I'd say, I'm to feet, right? I didn't, I, you never tell them who you are at the beginning because nobody cares until you <laughs> engage them. There's no point in saying your name. So you engage them and then three quarters of the way through when I said my name, I stood up. Well, nobody ever made an event out of standing up the way I did because mm -hmm. people all of a sudden, whoa, she stood up like that, you know, because it was different. Or another example, you know, we have all the, you know, the boring people saying the boring things that the boring people say, and then it gets to you. Sometimes I would be silent for like four seconds, five seconds out of my 30. Well, people are having conniptions. They're dying. What's happening? People cannot stand silence. It, it's just painful for them, right? Mm -hmm. So They're then like, when I Can she speak? Like, yeah. When I did open my mouth, again, it was an event. Yes, that's how you captivate. I went to a, uh, I spoke this morning at a uh, community center at a bank, the bank's community room. And again, they had the, everybody had to say their 30 seconds. And I'm really desperately trying to remember so I can know who's in my audience. And the person that I remember, her name escapes me, but I remember what she did. And so I used her in the presentation. She says, my name is blah, blah. I'm, I sell, I am an estate plant. Uh, I sell uh, estates. She says, so basically I sell dead people stuff and everyone laughed. And that was the person that I remember because she was in this, a person that sold was like an estate sale person. But basically, she sells dead people stuff. And she was the only one that I remember. I couldn't remember what anyone else did. I couldn't remember their name. But the one person that did captivate me was the person when she said, basically, I sell dead people. And so the person that was after her said her last name because <laughs> she remembered it so well. She says, oh, that's not my last name. That's her last name. <laughs> I was like, that is, that is so important. That is so important. You so reminded me of another example, if I may just quickly tell you, I was also at a networking meeting and this wasn't my client, but you know, I, I wish it were. Um, somebody stood up and said he cleans car carpets and he cleans houses and whatever. Right. And then the next woman stood up and said, or if you don't want to clean your house, you can just buy a new one with me. I'm a realtor. <laughs> It was hilarious. I mean, because when you're in the frame of mind of, you know, cleaning houses versus the, the hilarious notion that instead of cleaning it, you would just buy a new one, it stood out. I love it. You do want people to sell out. So basically, 
it's their way of getting into the spotlight. Okay. So spotlight is one of the things I call it. Attention is a new currency, right? Because there's so much coming at us. We got clubhouse, we got TikTok, we got Facebook, Instagram, we got reels. It's just so much. So how do you get the attention? I said, attention is a new currency. So you have something that I want you to tell people about called spotlight secrets. I'm in your LinkedIn group. And so spotlightsecrets.com is where people can actually find information about it, but kind of tell us how this came about. Well, actually, there's two. The, the group that you mentioned, which is on LinkedIn, we have over 14,000 speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, and experts, and media. Um, you can get to that spotlightgroup.biz, B-I-Z. Uh, so spotlightgroup.biz. The spotlight mm -hmm. secret that you see on the screen below you is um, a series of emails that... Um, you will receive if you go there and you put your name and your email in if I like you. Um, and uh, there are tips on how to stand out in just 30 seconds. And it's been going for years and people send me back stories of when they tried some of the suggestions. Some of them are outrageous. Some of them are just things that I notice on my travels around the world. Some of them are just stuff I make up. And um, most of them are pretty... Uh, you know, it's funny, um, Pam flattered me before we got on the thing. He said, who writes your stuff? Or maybe it was during this, who writes your stuff? Of course I write my stuff because it'll happen from a life event. Something happens, somebody does something funny, and I'll just right away, you know, go and, 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 and type another one and add it to the and add it to the list. And the beauty of that for speakers and authors and people out there listening is, that uh, if you have a, a similar kind of an autoresponder series or something like that that you can send people, then you can keep in touch with them. So let's give an example. So one of your listeners today, Pam, is an author or a speaker, let's say, who wants to add more humor to her speech. Mm -hmm. she, she's not thinking of me today, but she goes to spotlightsecrets.com. In six months from now or six years from now, she gets this gig where she knows she needs humor. She's like, who was that chick that was on? Yeah. And she's on my list, so all she has to do is reply. So that's one place to put them. The other um, uh, place that I put people, and I, I, I believe that authors and speakers and entrepreneurs, and it sounds really crass to say it this way, but if you don't have a place to put your fans, then you know somebody might love you one day. Like somebody today could love our conversation and love you and love me, but they have no way to contact us and we don't put them anywhere, right? They're going to forget who we are or whatever yes. it is. So the second place that I put people, I have this LinkedIn group, like I said, over 14,000 big mouth entrepreneurs. I'm not talking. I mean, <laughs> we are all big mouth. We are all opinionated. And we are mostly all leaders. I mean, there are people in there who have groups of 80,000, 150,000 members of their own. Are mm -hmm. even more intimate. And, but that's the place that I put people. So if people come to me and say, Sufit, I'm interested in finding out more about you. They'll get on the spotlight secret list and they'll get these regular emails approximately once a week. The first week there's about three just to, you know, but then it slows down. And then they go to the group and in the group we have conversations all the time. So I would suggest that all your listeners do something similar because it's not enough to captivate. Here's the thing. You captivate, but if you don't capture, you know, like mm. you captivate means you draw them to you, you're, you're, you step into the spotlight and you're hilarious and they love you. And then what? They go home and they fight with their spouse and, they, you know, they, they go do whatever they do. But if you, upon captivating them, put them in one of these two places, and you don't have to choose the same kind of places as me. 
So one is an email list and one is a LinkedIn group, but you could, it can be whatever it is for you. If you put them somewhere, then later you are able to go to them again and again, or they are able to come to you again. Yes, or like that's them. key. That is so key. Because one of the things that um, people say to me, I've been doing this for a couple of decades or so, right? Pam Peary, PR.com is my business and I've been doing it for a while. And one of the things that people will say to me, if I meet them in person, they said, I've been following you for years. And it's like, hmm. And they, they tell me their name and I do remember, not, not remember everyone, but I do remember whether they bought a program, they were part of the membership or whatever it is. But someone who said they've been following for years and you don't remember their name and then maybe you go back and look and see the name, it's like they were on the list, but they never bought anything. So it's kind of like someone who's a singer and they, and, and, and so if you're a singer and they say, oh, I've been following for years and it's like, well, have you bought any of my music? No. It's like, okay, well, why not? <laughs> so, so when you give someone like I've been following for, for you for years and I bought your stuff versus someone I've been just been following you for years, it's like, well, what, what's that about? So anyway, so. Well, wait a minute, Pam, can I, can I respond to that? Because I really have no issue with those people who follow me for years. I mean, Pam, as far as I know, I don't know if you bought anything for me. I don't know if you bought the book or not. Um, but I have no problem with that because let's say Pam hasn't bought my book and she hasn't bought my program. She hasn't bought my CDs, right? She's putting me on her program to all her people, right? Or, mm -hmm. um, or I cannot tell you how many of those That's people the on my email list have followed me for years and never made any direct contact with me. And then I find out later that a new client of mine came because one of these people that I never heard of nice. told them, you've got to go to Sissy. Yes, so those are valuable. It's just when they tell you that to your face, it's like, what do you say? Like, thank you. Thank you. Then, well, you said it to me today, and what I, I'm flattered and yeah. thrilled to hear that. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, so that's good. It's like I do remember someone that from a Facebook page, and I always, and, and it's not that I put down Facebook. I like LinkedIn. I like I like them all, but Facebook just seems to be like not really where I get a lot of my business from, and so. You know, someone, I was going through a crowded uh, parking lot, the parking structure, and everybody was saying, you know, you got to back out, we're full, whatever, whatever, you can't come in. And so I was like, oh, man. And so the guy looked at me and he's like, is that Pam Peary? Yeah, Pam Peary, hey, how you doing? I was like, hey. He says, come on in. And I'm like, what? I'm like, and then my husband looks at me like, you're like a VIP. He says, I follow you on Facebook. And I fell out laughing. So from then on, I was like, Facebook is a thing, right? You just you never know. You never know. You never, never know. know. Yes. Pam, I was in a bookstore one day. I was in a bookstore one day, and this woman came up to me and said, um, she was a big fan or something. And I, I, I thought I had gone to school with her. It turns out she had seen a TV show. I never would have had any direct. So the point is, everybody's important. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I treat everybody alike. I don't care if they bought a billion dollars worth of stuff for me or they're just a member of my group or they're just on my email list. I, they're all very welcome. And they refer. They can refer. They remember. If you're consistent, one of the things that people will say is that I know this person's consistent. She does PR. You need to contact her. And they may not for themselves, but because the emails are entertaining, they know exactly. Emails are important. You can forward the email. I mean, it's so many things of doing that. I always tell people, Attention is the currency. You want to attract people to you. Then you want to really make sure that you capture their information so that it's two-way communication 
and not just one way. And then they transform into some kind of customer or client or their referral or or having them, you know, attend on your on their live or whatever it is. But those are the really the main things we call it the act of acronym so that you can make sure that you're getting attention, you're attracting, you're really, you know, capturing or converting, and then they transform or turn into a customer. And that's really the point of all the social media, all the marketing that we do. Probably 50% of our activity for our businesses, speakers, keynote speakers, should be marketing. And it's not marketing like selling, 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 but at least from the process of making sure that pe- enough people are knowing who you are from exposure, that you are in I the would say 99.9% of, <laughs> forget 50%. I mean, listen, how much can we fulfill? How many places can we speak? How many people can we coach? But like the thing is, to get one client, you, you know, So, and the other thing that we didn't talk about, but people should be doing this. They should be crystallizing their knowledge. So I know you have authors on the, uh, on the call, uh, but those who are speakers or those who are entrepreneurs, um, you know, I I don't call myself like a writer, but I am an author. I'm the author of this book. And the reason that I did it was to crystallize everything I know Mm -hmm. in one place so that it can be passed along because I've got clients who came to me because somebody passed them the book, they saw it in a bookstore, one of them said she was doing yoga and she found it under somebody's bed. What? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, crazy stories, right? Because that's important. travel where I can't travel, right? I love the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Got it attitude, was- right? Got attitude. Yes. And, if it, and listen, if the cover was not getting their attention, attracting them, or, or if the cover was ugly, people would not buy the book. I always say people will buy ugly houses, but very rarely will they buy ugly books. Well, you know okay. what I say, Kim? <laughs> you know what I tell my clients? I teach a course called the Book Creation Workshop about how to write a book uh, or create a book. And one of the things I say is the truth, the sad truth is that you could put a brick, a brick between two really good sexy covers, front and back with some good endorsements and sell more than a good book in a bad cover. So that's to say that I 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Getting endorsements is part of the marketing process. Um, writing a good book is not enough. Um, you said that it's not marketing the book is about 99.9% to make sure that the book is going to make its move and mark on the world. It's a good book, but you have to let people know about it. Same with the keynote speaker. You have a great speech but you have to know how to position yourself and you have to know how to market and promote yourself. Saying that 30 second uh, thing about yourself to capture someone's attention, to want people to say, hmm, I wanna hear more is so critical, especially today. There's, I had someone on my show not too long ago, uh, eight seconds. She was saying she, eight second PR. It's like, we have eight seconds. I was like, it's probably now, next year it might be four seconds. I mean, you know, with- one of the things I mentioned in the book that there are these commercials that are called Blink. And they're three seconds long. Three that's seconds. That's how long. It, and this, yeah, that's how long it really takes people to to form an an, 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 uh, uh, an opinion. And you know, you used the right word, Tam, when you said attract, because my whole thing, the whole book, is about how to attract, not chase. Because everybody else is chasing. This is a book about how to get seen, get heard, get noticed, and maybe even get known if that's something you want. Not everybody wants to get known. They're shy, whatever. But the thing is that if you had a cure for some horrible disease, you're not helping anybody by being shy and, and whatever in your, your home. Like you want people to know that you can help them. 
Yes. Um, so it's not crap. Like a lot of people think that what we're talking about right now, Pam, is crap. You know, it's mm -hmm. like bragging. It's like, but the thing is, how are people going to come to you if they don't know you exist? Exactly. And it's not, I find that baby boomers tend to be, at least on social media, less likely to put themselves out there. And they feel like it's showboating or I'm not used to bragging on myself. They'll use words like that. And so I'll pull up a lot of other type of marketing that, that they may not know. I said, this person is this particular age, this person is this age. And they're not showboating. They're just showing their expertise. So this person is an expert in this A, B, and C. Why? Because their messaging is really showing people that this is what they do. It's not like I'm bragging. It's Now, there is some ego marketing. I will admit there is some ego marketing. But for the most part, if you're a speaker, you need to speak. You need if you're a thought leader, you need to lead with some thoughts. So well, I was like, how will they know? Point. How will good they point. know? And not only that, if you remind me of another incident, I was at a live networking meeting and everybody's standing up and doing their 30 seconds. And this one woman stood up and did her 30 seconds and said, Hi, I'm so and so, and I'm a humorous speaker. So I can come do a humorous speech for your group about blah 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 blah. And later she came to me, this woman, who's a really good speaker. I've seen her speak 45 minutes, she was hilarious. She came to me and said, how was that to be? Because everybody knows that I critique 30 seconds or whatever. And I said, well, actually, it sucks. Um, you're a great speaker. You're an amazing speaker. Well, she, and people come to me for the truth. They don't come for pretty red ribbons. Um, I said, you are an amazing speaker. I've seen you speak. What the bleep are you boring us in your 30 seconds? Like She needed to use that 30 seconds to demonstrate not to narrate that she's a good speaker, yes. but to demonstrate that she's a good speaker. Like when I do a 30 seconds, I make them like if I'm saying I'm humorous, I don't, I've never stood up and said I'm humorous. I make people laugh. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't doing that. So I, I think people are sometimes, you know, the obvious is so hard to see sometimes when it's you. Like I'm mm -hmm. sure she could help her clients do it. But she didn't see it in herself. And so it's about attracting, not chasing. It's about showing, not narrating. Um, and we have a, a rule in our group. Because it's a group of so many leaders and so many, like I said, mm -hmm. authors, speakers, people like that, that all have big egos and big audiences, we have a rule that nobody's allowed to, what you call showboat, nobody's allowed to promote. No, once in a while, I make an exception and I let people in one post. But in general, we only ask short questions like a back room, a green room, a backstage area. How did you get on CNN? How did you get Entrepreneur Magazine to okay. write about you? How did you, you know, how do you get podcast interviews? Whatever, questions like that. And people show their expertise by answering questions, not yeah. by standing up and saying how great they are. That's true. One of the things that you said about the lady that says I'm a humorist, right? And she was a humorist and you said she was hilarious, but when she does her 30 seconds, she's, she's boring. falling flat. And so I always tell that people, you told her, it says you need to demonstrate that instead of just tell people that. And I always say, those yeah. are people that are in the jar. They can't see the label. They can't really see the most obvious. I love that. Everybody You're else. in the jar, but everybody else can see that this is the obvious thing that you should say but they don't, they're in the right. jar. They don't see the label. So that's one of the main things that I just- I really love that. That's great. The, uh, spotlight, yes, yeah, Spotlight Secret, because I want everyone to go there, spotlightsecrets.com and really get um, Sufit, um, Sufit. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that story again. <laughs> it's okay, Pamola. 
Because <laughs> it's good. I know, Pamela, Pamela. And they were like, I wasn't going to be able to get my COVID test until I said my the name they wanted me to say. Are we? Can you come, Pamela? I was like, who's that? Pamela. Well, you want to hear something funny? My One of my daughter's names is Paloma. And when she was born, everybody kept calling her Pamola or, you know, some version of Pamela. But yes. it's Paloma, Dove, like in Spanish or whatever. So. Yes, that is. I love that. Oh, I like that. I might even say, you know, it's really Paluma, Paluma, you know, <laughs> just that kind of thing. It's just like so funny. So I love yeah. the fact that that what you do is you help um, keynote speakers. You're really concise in the little brief file and, and entrepreneurs really to captivate their audience and really capture them. Um, you're not chasing, you're attracting. And so that's yeah. one of the key things because no one, just like when you're dating, no one wants to be really like, you know, like if someone is trying too hard to get you, it's like, yeah, they just run away. Yeah, they do. It's kind of like, no, I'm good. I'm good. So um, thank you, uh, Sufi, for uh, coming on the show today. Get out there, get known. I want people to go to spotlightsecrets.com, really find out more about I bring people on that I know people can learn from. And what you demonstrated was that um, how long have you been doing this for over a decade? About as long as you have. As as yeah, a couple of decades. So a couple of decades. And so consistency is the thing. So you'll Which see. Which pretty that. good considering my age, right? <laughs> yeah, because we reinvent ourselves. We rebrand ourselves. And every time there's a shift in things in the world, we don't just stay still. We're shifting with it. We're changing with it. We're rebranding, rebranding myself. I'm doing this live podcast here on LinkedIn. I'm on Clubhouse. Clubhouse, you can take it and make that a podcast. I mean, there's so many different things. I'm dancing on TikTok. Who would have thunk? Uh, you know, but the main thing is that you stay relevant. You, you stay um, fresh. Things like this interest me it keeps me being a publicist as a career publicist. If I did things the same way I did when I first started, I would not be here. Okay. I just tell you, I would not be here. You have to change with the times. So that's one. Quick comment about what you said about rebranding. The truth is branding is not something that we do. Even though we like to think we do. Branding is what other people do with us, right? People brand us the way they see us. They put us in the jar. Like we could choose the jar and think that that's the jar that we're in. And we think we know what was written on the label. We're not writing the label. They're writing the label. They right? It's what they see. It's, it's what, what they see. see. It's what yeah. they see. That is so true. Right. We can position it, but it's really what we they see. We can try. We can try to influence it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, try to position it. But ultimately, they make the, the ultimate decision. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sufit. I just really adore you. You are you are hilarious. You really are. And you're very authentic. So that's what I this is something I'm gonna say this. I am um 61, and I always say the older we get, the more the filter lifts. So some of my friends who are 65, and definitely some of my friends that are 70, they tell you where to get off. <laughs> like the filter is lifted and you i just what? started noticing that and i was like when they said that 25 30 years ago they were like fortunately know. fortunately or unfortunately i have never had a filter <laughs> so you could have caught me at five or ten or twenty or thirty and you would have got the exact same thing except when i was a lawyer i mean i had to kind of play the role yeah um, had, but in this part of my life and that's one of the reasons I became an entrepreneur, so that I wouldn't have to have that thing, right? I wouldn't have to wear the suit, so I could do whatever I want. Uh, yes. Wear the flip-flops when I'm being interviewed, you know? 
that's kind of <laughs> pleasure. Thank you for uh, this experience. Yes, this has been really, really good. Yes. One of the things that, that you would say that um, by being a lawyer and then going into what you're doing right now, I always say that God doesn't waste anything. So all the skills that you had to have from before you became a lawyer to what you're doing now aren't wasted. You're using all of them in some type of way, even when you were an artist as well. So all of this, you know, when you're pitching yourself to the media, it all makes sense. So when people want to say like, well, let me follow the same uh, path as uh, Sufi, right? You won't because it it's her path. And so it may go like this, but it all fits for where she is right now. And that's one of the main things. So it's okay. Maybe if you were a nurse and now you want to be a speaker, it's okay. You're an evangelist. You want to be a speaker. It's okay. I mean, so use all the skills that you have, but put package them so that your audience can really uh, benefit from that. And then they can receive from you and they can become customers or clients or hire you to speak, which is one of the main things or buy your books and all that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, get out there, get known today. I just appreciate you and thank you for all that you do. Um, we will see you uh, around in the group uh, on your LinkedIn group. Yeah, come join us. That biz. Okay. Very, very good. So I'm Pam Perry. Thank you so much for joining everyone today. Please subscribe. Please like, please share, leave a comment, take a screenshot, all the things, all the things that you want to do. We appreciate you. And thank you for listening to get out there and get known. I'm Pam Perry and I'm out. Thank you. You've been listening to the get out there and get known podcast brought to you by Pam where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com.